Welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Mick West. Today's guest is Joe. Joe is a guy I met many years ago back on Contrail Science, back when I was debunking the chemtrail conspiracy theory. And he was a believer in the chemtrail conspiracy theory. And now he's not. And in large part, I think that is because he stayed around to try to argue with me. And eventually he saw that my arguments made sense. However, he still he still does believe in a bunch of conspiracy theories, and they're a bit more mainstream, though. I think Joe represents a good chunk of America. He describes himself jokingly as a deplorable, which is a term Hillary Clinton used uh, when she was running for president to describe people who supported Donald Trump. And Joe believes that they're... Media has a very strong left-wing bias, and that social justice warriors are pushing certain social issues, particularly to do with race, uh, over other issues. And he feels that there is essentially a conspiracy to form a one-world government headed by people like George Soros. There is this uh, great fear that the right has that the left-wing people essentially want to do away with state sovereignty and borders and just allow a big free-for-all or some kind of authoritarian one-world government. So this is essentially the uber-conspiracy theory that uh, he believes in. We talk about that more in the second half of the interview. The first half we talk about his history with chemtrails and his opinion about other conspiracy theories. But I think it's very interesting how you know, he he is a type of guy who I think many people, if you look at his Twitter feed, you would think this guy is a racist guy because he's just going on about uh, how black people commit all these crimes. And that certainly is kind of how it appeared to me when I looked at his Twitter feed. Uh, but he's an interesting person to talk to because I think it's really important to understand people rather than just simply dismissing people. I certainly don't agree with uh, Joe's positions. I'm kind of a liberal person myself. Uh, But if we don't understand people and we don't talk to them, then we're not going to make any progress. So let's have a look at what Joe has to say. All right, Joe, uh, welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I've known you for quite a long time online. I've never actually spoken to you before. No, it's the first time. Yeah. We've had quite a, an interesting past, I guess, because you've started out, you just said, tell me you were on Contrail Science, which is like the website I did was like debunking chemtrails and you're one of the one of the early posters back in the day. Can you remember like back then, like, you know, what got you interested in it and what got you started posting on Contrail Science? You can thank Jay Reynolds for that. All I right. Said, I guess they had done a local reporter, done a story. Uh-huh. Because I all of a sudden I noticed these things in the sky that I apparently never noticed before in my life. The story went in the paper, and I guess Jay Reynolds had picked up the on the story, so he started commenting. Now I don't know how I found my way over to Contrail Science, but I, it has something to do with him. Yeah, he was posting back then on Contrail Science as well. I noticed he would go around whenever there was a story about somebody with chemtrails, and he would show up. So okay, that's pretty much what it was. And I was like, wow, this is odd. Who is this guy? You know. <laughs> When you're in a conspiracy world, basically, 
anybody who comes in, you know, you're automatically, oh, this guy must be a government worker or shill or whatever. So, so is that what you thought? You actually thought that he was uh, some kind oh, of... I thought, oh, I thought Contrail Science was, yeah, of course. So, and, so... of course, everybody would say, yeah, Mick West, he's a, he, he's a, you know, he's a shill. He's working for the government. You know, all the common things he used to hear back then. And so, so how do you feel when people call you a shill? Well, I, yeah, don't, you're just used to it now. It doesn't mean anything. I know, I know that some people are going to do it, so it doesn't really mean anything because I'm not a shill. But, no, no that, uh, and, that, and that's the thing I always said. I had respect for it because, I, like I said, I've never caught you lying to me. Yeah, no, and that's yeah, it's you very important. If you're, if you're going to yeah. be a debunker or someone who investigates these things, like having uh, absolute honesty uh, and openness is something that's uh, it's a, you know, it's an important thing. Because yeah. you get the trust of people by being always honest with them. Yeah, and the minute you get caught in a lie, then all of a sudden there goes all your credibility. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's what's, what's good. Honesty, best uh, best policy. Like the chemtrail thing, like you started getting interested in it uh, like locally. You'd seen like trails in the sky. It was actually, you know, I mean, I guess we don't look up as much as we think we do. And it was one day in the winter and... I guess I guess where we are in Florida, there's a lot of flights over where I live. And, of course, you know, it was the X's, you know. It wasn't just the straight lines. And one day I just seen all these, and I was like, jeez, I've never seen that before. You know, like you said, you, you just believe that if you've never seen it before, then this must be something new. Exactly. Like, the first thing you do is you go on the Internet and you start looking it up. And, you know, naturally that's, that's kind of when you kind of fall into that, that rabbit hole. But then I just started seeing somebody where people were saying stuff like, oh, we're being poisoned and all this, this other. And I kind of didn't buy into that part because when we were up in DC, I remember seeing them all over the place up in DC then too. And I was like, well, if this is poison and it's coming down on the white house, that just doesn't make any sense. It's just, so that's when I kind of switched gears into the geoengineering, which I noticed I went on my site last night just to check back to see where I started with the chemtrails. And then how I switched over to the geoengineering. It was only in the first couple of posts that I even mentioned the word chemtrails. And that's because I just seen it. And it was just. Yeah. So you, you kind of kept on with the whole geoengineering thing for a while on, on Metabank. You were, you were arguing the, for a while, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I even joined geoengineering Google groups, as you did. Here you're believing in geoengineering. And then you actually see scientists talking about it. Mm-hmm. It was a video, I think. Uh, what was it? The loose change guy did one with Ken Caldera and he spoke to him. That actually, that kind of changed me quite a bit watching that because he, here's a guy who was willing, he was open to explaining what's going on. And because you had a room full of chemtrails, basically mm. that kind of changes it a little bit. Of course, once I learned how to track the flights, thank to you, because you see these planes, you're like, Oh, it must be, a, Oh, it's another, who knows? It's a government plane going over your head. And when I learned to track the flights through FlightAware, it kind of just made it easier, basically, to say, I don't think, I know airliners aren't going over spraying anything out of the plane. So when you think they might be government planes doing it, like Evergreen or all these other, you know, so when you can't identify the plane, but once you get to the point where you identify the flight and where it's going, where it's coming from, and of course, flying a few times and then just watching airliners go when you're up there and you watch an airliners go by you and they're just well, not it's just like and then i guess when, i think you explained to me about i guess it was a change in the jet engines the, the 
high bypass. The high bypass, yeah. You know, that they actually just put out more, more, you know, they just put out more clouds, basically. After a while, you just get, you just get kind of bored with, you know. In other words, I would go out of my way just to try to prove you wrong, and I couldn't do it. So what's the what's the point? If you believe in something, there's got there's got to be facts, right. which is kind of what you taught me in a sense, really. And you know, without, without any facts, it, it it just falls apart. There was just nothing to to go by anymore. But of course, I like arguing anyway because that's just how I am. So. Right. <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah, I was looking at uh, some of your stats on uh, on Metabunk. So yeah. like, after Contrail Science, you know, I started Metabunk in like 20-something or other. And you are the, the 10th uh, highest poster in terms of number of posts on Metabunk. Yeah. Uh, you got like uh, 3,500 messages on Metabunk. You're number one in the number of warnings yeah, that's been yeah. given out <laughs> over yeah, the years. Because I'm, I'm the only one that lasted, right? <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's that's a good a good point. Uh, Thirty two of your warnings were in the year 2014, so I think you had a uh, you were on a bit of a tear in 2014 uh, in terms of like, arguing about stuff. It was usually Mike would set me off all the time. Anyway, I, I think I remember finding a sign about uh, a warning sign about sheep or something in New Zealand and. That kind of got me banned for a little while, <laughs> and of course, I'm very political as far as far as you know. Anyway, yeah, so, no, definitely. Well, that tends to get you in trouble, and that had a lot to do with getting into the chemtrail conspiracy too. Because, of course, naturally, when Obama got elected, you, I guess, you would have described yourself as kind of a Tea Party conservative back then. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. still do now. I mean, Tea Party isn't really a thing so much, is it anymore? No, no, it's not. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's there. There are a lot of people that I, I wouldn't consider it a Tea Party. I just say that they're just, you know, conservative. conservatives. I guess I'm just deplorable now. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, uh, now, some of the other conspiracy theories that you were into back then, like you talked about uh, Obama's birth certificate. Now, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how how seriously you took that though. Like, did, did you actually think that Obama might? I've been born uh, in Kenya. I remember G- Sheriff Joe Apio when yeah. he was doing an investigation on it. Really nothing came up. I mean, he had posted it and everybody did the layers and all that other stuff. And they had the forensic guy and everything else. And it just never went nowhere. The conspiracy was, was yes, he was born in Hawaii, but his father wasn't, what was it? His father supposedly wasn't Obama. It was Frank Marshall Davis. And then, right. of course, they do the thing where they say, look how much he looks actually more like Frank Marshall Davis than he does his father, Barack Obama Sr. But uh, are you interested in stuff like that now? Even even if he was even if it was you, what were you going to do? You couldn't you couldn't impeach him. And it's just they had an investigation. They raised some points. They said basically that certificate was a, that he posted online was. Uh, and you would know more than I do that it was just all these different layers, and it just they they found the original that they actually used to make his birth certificate and everything else. But yeah, so this, they say. At this point, it doesn't matter anymore, really. Well, yeah, it's, it's a done deal. So why would I? Why you know? Why would I care now? It, it was, doesn't matter where he was born. I would think it would still matter though. Like if it did come out now that uh, uh, you know he was born in Kenya and lied about it, that would be a pretty significant thing. So you know, if it, if it was actually a true thing you'd think people would still be pursuing it 
Yeah, but they won't because when 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 the photographs came out of him with Louis Farrakhan that they held back purposely, it didn't it didn't matter to anybody. Which kind of strikes me kind of weird because if you had pictures of uh, if you had pictures of Trump with David Duke or something, you know, they'd be making a big deal out of it. And it, it it's kind of odd watching politics now because now you and I want I want my politicians not criticized. I do. I want a- anything. The problem was they didn't do that with Obama. He had that kid glove. You couldn't touch him, you know. And, of course, most of the media was on his side. But, that you know. No, I think, you know, so you say most of the media, uh, you know, something that comes up when you're talking about politics and, and such like is uh, Fox News. Like, people get polarized by watching things like Fox News. And I think you told me that you actually listen to NPR. Did you tell me that? Every morning. Every morning I listen to NPR. And that's very interesting because you have very, you know, right-wing politics, uh, relatively speaking. And NPR is is somewhat left-leaning, I would say. So, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it wakes me up and I get aggravated as soon as I get up. <laughs> so it makes it easy for the day. I would say I, it makes me pull my hair up, but I still got a lot of that left. So I, I guess that ain't working, but it's just, it's pretty bad. I, it, it was the same reason why I came onto your site because you got to get both sides. Yeah. If everybody sticks on their side and they just hear what they what they want to hear, you're not going to get the full story. You got to go out and search for the truth. If you don't go out and search for the truth, you're just kidding yourself. So you've been listening to NPR for years and years. And... Actually, probably I would say about two years now. Right. It's all it's all Trump this, Trump that. Definitely all about race all the time for some reason, you know, or. Or, or sexual orientation, and it's—I I like listening to the classical music, but sometimes so mm. it, it calms me down. So, do you think it's changed your mind about anything at all? Listening to NPR? Or? No, it's actually—it just proves there's more bias than I thought. Huh. There's more bias. <laughs> yeah, it's just—it's it, it, just a fact. Yeah, no, I, I just find it really fascinating that you actually choose to listen to NPR because you know, most people that I know listen to things or watch things that are much more attuned to their own personal political beliefs. Yeah, but then you have to get the other side of the coin. Yeah, but why, why do you need to get the other side of the coin? Why, what, what, do you, uh, what do you get out of it? Because uh, you've got to balance the two out. Somewhere in the middle is the truth, you know? Right. I don't, I don't know. It's, why, why, why did I come on Metabook, you know? Yeah. Well, you came on Metabank because you, I guess you somewhat curious. believed in chemtrails at the time. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah, and I was curious. I mean, yeah. you know, pretty much, basically, uh, I, I knew I could throw something at Mick, and he could do all the work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was uh, one time with the Sandy Sandy Hook, when they, were, when they were doing the Sandy Hook conspiracy, which I never believed in. But there was that one photograph of, I think, the little girl Madeline. yeah. She happened to be wearing his sister's dress. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everybody was like, how could she be there? She's dead. But it wasn't. They just looked that much alike, and they had the same dress on, and it was you that pointed that out. Yeah, I think it's a family. One of your skills where I'd I'd say, oh, I can throw this at Mick, and he can answer. Because I like conspiracy. I'd go to, like, YouTube videos and stuff like that, and then I'd I'd say, oh, wow, look at that. I'm going to throw this at Mick and see what he thinks of it. And then you'd go and you'd debunk it for me, so it'd just make it, you know... Because most of us conspiracy theorists, especially those ones that work all the time, we're kind of lazy in that way. And, and that's what I notice about a lot, of, you know. I mean, except for maybe like 
Jim Lee, he still seems to be sticking at it still. He's that's just like way above my head what he talks about anyway. So yeah, so Jim Lee, he's the guy who has a website that uh, is basically promoting the idea that there's secret geoengineering going on. Yeah, yeah. And he has lots of stuff about the history of geoengineering. And he's a, an interesting chap. He like he, he went to the EPA and you know, yeah. spoke in their their hearings. He uh, does. He's definitely got a lot of time on his hands. Is the you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, they think that they can make a living out of uh, this this type of thing, like putting interesting videos up on the yeah. internet. So he's he's trying to you know, do it as a career, I guess, but it's very, very yeah, difficult. I, yeah, I, I, I think I subscribe to his channel. I don't really think he gets enough views where he could... Yeah, I wouldn't think so. You know, where he could, you know, where he could actually make money off of it. I mean, you'd have to get a lot, a lot of... I mean, I don't make any money from what I do. If yeah. I monetize my videos on YouTube, I, I make like $30 a month or something because uh, I just don't really get that many views. There's a lot of people who get way more views than I, and all they do is they just shout at the flat earth people. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think you know people just find that, that stuff entertaining, and really you've got to entertain people to make money. Just Just informing yeah. people isn't really enough. Yeah, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of people that go out and they go, jump in the middle of the Antifa protests and stuff, and they seem to get a lot of views too. So anything yeah. that, anything where there's fighting or something like that, that, that seems to get a lot of views. But sometimes I'll watch like uh, Secure Team. He does all those UFO videos. I'm sure you see it because he's got a lot of subscribers. Yeah. It's enjoying to watch, you know, because he's always tagging into this, like you're going to see this. Oh, and every UFO picture I've ever seen, there's never nothing there. You know, you would figure today with today's cameras and all that, that we'd be getting better photographs than we got back in the 50s, but it, it seems like it actually gone backwards. So what uh, what conspiracy theories do you believe in? Mark, uh, I was telling my... Uh, well, I don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. <laughs> and in fact, around Christmas, what I do is I go down to the mall now, mm-hmm. and when kids are there i i debunk santa claus in, right in front of now. <laughs> and then he, that's what i told my grandson who was here anyway so, uh, so i like go back to like all the way back to say jfk that's a fairly uh common thing that people think there's something suspicious going on there would you would you think that the official uh, story is correct or no no I, I i still think there's more to that story than there was but i don't think we'll ever know you know, just maybe there's more to Lincoln's assassination than we'll ever know. Until somebody comes out with some factual evidence, it ain't worth my time. I spent a lot of time doing the geoengineering or the chemtrails more more than I did, but I actually enjoyed it because I learned a lot. There's nothing wrong. I've always been into aircraft, so what kid isn't that when he was a kid? Because I, like I said, when I was younger, I lived near LAX and I used to ride my bike to LAX and just watch the planes take off all the time. I lived in Hawthorne, right down the road from where SpaceX is. I was always kind of into aircraft as it was. So to think that something I love so much could be doing bad, that was just, uh, you know. So what about, uh, say, 9-11? Being that my brother-in-law, which I spoke to you about before, I think I, I did a post on it. He was uh he actually just died of nine eleven sickness. Yeah. And, uh, no, no. And I talk to people that, you know, they say, you know, the building seven is like the only thing, but I think you posted some photographs of it. Cause for a while I was like, Oh, that's kinda weird. You know, you 
heard all the videos about pulling it and everything, but no, I've never really been into nine. I think what happened happened pretty much on nine eleven. Do you think that perhaps you know, sure, like the planes hit the buildings and that's what caused the collapse, but do you think there could be something behind the hijackers, like, you know, were they funded by the CIA or something like that? Or- uh, they could have been funded by somebody, but I doubt by our government. I, w- yeah. I, I don't want to believe, I don't want to believe that our government would be, do something like that, you know, and that, and that's, and I think that's where these conspiracy theories, most of them come from, is just our distrust in government, basically. I mean, when you think about everything, whether it's the chemtrails or whether it's Kennedy mm-hmm. assassination, it all has to do with that one thing, the government. But, you know, we just don't trust our government. And that kind of kind of sucks that we feel that way, you know. Do you yeah. trust the government more now that Trump's in power than you do did when Obama's in power? Uh, well, being that supposedly, technically, there's like a, a deep state yeah. behind them. <laughs> no, no. So I, I guess I'd say, yeah, I believe in a deep state, basically that there's all these unelected people that are doing that are kind of, and, you know, whether it's Obama, whether it was Bush, whether it was Clinton, it, it just seems like they, there's nothing done in government, basically. I mean, look, we got wide open borders. They talk about, you know, all the anti-vaxxers, how people aren't getting vaccinated and everything, and yet we got a wide open border. So you'd be like, well, if you're so worried about people getting measles, which we kind of, I think we wiped it out in the year 2000, I think they said. And now all of a sudden you got all these cases of measles and, you know, you figured, well, maybe if we at least screen these people a little better, we wouldn't have these problems. But uh, I don't know. I just think our government is just, I have no faith in them. Were you a member of any groups that were into conspiracies like back then? Or is it just stuff you did by yourself? Or mostly you- I, yeah, mostly, mostly stuff that I did by myself. I think I was... Uh, there was another site that I would post on once in a while out of New Zealand called the Contrail, but they posted just about everything over there. And I, I would say that was pretty much the only. No, there was no groups. I would. I'm not a group person anyway. All right. So, what about people you know in uh, in real life? Like uh, you know, they're in Florida. Are there other people that you know who are into conspiracies? Yeah, there's quite a few. There was a guy in the other day. An older guy, probably like 75 years old. And yeah, I've met quite a few. I've met a couple of people from Canada and a lot of older guys in their 70s that still, you know, one Canadian, supposedly he knew all this stuff about, he said he was with the Canadian government, all this stuff about chemtrails and all this other stuff, but he never produced any anything. I told him, well, come back. But I think he was just a little eccentric in a way. Hmm. Yeah, um, you, you do get uh, that sometimes. Well, yeah, I, I always say there's, there's eccentric people who believe in conspiracies and eccentric people who don't. So just because someone's eccentric, it doesn't mean that their conspiracy theory is wrong. But, yeah. You know, obviously, you're going to get a whole range of peoples. And the, the more extreme the conspiracy theory is, then you know, the more likely you're going to get people who are a little bit, uh, a little bit eccentric, to use the yeah. phrase. I had, a, I had a gentleman in the other day, and it's because I own a business, so I, I see a lot of people. Uh-huh. And he started, and we were talking politics and all that, and he didn't seem like he trusted Trump much, but I don't think he trusts anybody. And and he was talking about 9-11, because I got like a lot of 9-11 memorabilia and stuff like that around around my shop. So, right. Uh, and, he, uh, and he started, you know, he, I mean, he was kind of far out there. He blaming Israel, and, you know, for 9-11, and I don't, you know, unless you got, unless you got evidence 
there's just nothing there as far as I'm concerned. It's just, you know, that's why I spent so long just looking and looking and, and pretty much I came up dry. I couldn't find no evidence for it. And it used to really piss me off sometimes because you really made me work harder. <laughs> <laughs> so you would try it. Actually. Put out a video and then we don't eat, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just like you, if, if there was some evidence tomorrow on a conspiracy that came out, you would probably agree. If it was 100% factual evidence. If there was evidence, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's real conspiracies that go on all the time in uh, in government and in industry and uh, all over the place. So, yeah, no one's saying there's no conspiracies. Well, it was like they say, steel doesn't melt it, whatever, from uh, jet fuel, basically. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't. So. <laughs> but uh, it does get softer. So it does. It does. And I always, I always wondered, up at that, up at that height of the building, with a hole through the building, and that wind must be because I've been on top of the World Trade Center. It's pretty windy up there. Yeah, Would that wouldn't that add to that that wind blowing because it wasn't it penetrated completely. If I believe they had jet engines were found, you know, on the other side. Yeah, wouldn't, definitely. Wouldn't, wouldn't that wind blowing through there just increase the heat? Absolutely, yeah, and you can you can kind of see that in uh, some of the pictures. You can kind of see the, the flames kind of being blown out of the windows. So, yeah, having a, a good air supply is obviously very important for a fire uh, from the fire's point of view. And you see that on Building 7 as well, because all the windows on the south side uh, of the building were all, all smashed out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they don't show you that very often, uh, the conspiracy oh, that, theorists. That's kind of what changed my mind when I seen those newer pictures of Building 7. And I was like, because it looked a lot worse than you, where we see it. Yeah. fall down on its own we see it from the side where it doesn't look like there's any damage yeah there's zero damage because the, the the damage on that side uh from that point of view is actually hidden behind the buildings that are in front of it uh, uh and all the real damage was on the other side which is where world trade center one actually essentially fell almost on top of it i i think i've showed you i got that piece of paper from the world trade center my brother-in-law picked yeah. up yeah and then the, it, it, it has a lot it had a lot of the powder in the bottom still Oh, a yeah. lot of that looks like pumice, and I remember taking—I remember taking a torch to that, and nothing burned in there. So I was just like, "Yeah, interesting." So you, do you still have that? Yeah, I still have piece it. Of yeah. paper. So you've actually got some of the famous World Trade Center dust. Yeah, yeah, because it's still—it's still in—it's in a Ziploc bag. Wow, oh, interesting. That's you know that's a big uh, big point of uh, conflict with people like this dust analysis. Like they they say they look at it and they find these uh, uh, red gray flakes. Which they say are uh, you know thermite. Uh, well, there was a lot. There was a lot of asbestos in the building. They were yeah. I, they were removing the asbestos in the building. That was still going on. They said that was going to take like so many years to do it. So that's why all these guys got the nine eleven sickness and all the other stuff. That's what killed my my brother in law. You know because he was there on the cleanup and everything else. And he, well, he wasn't just there on the cleanup. He was there after they collapsed. So yeah. You know. So I guess you're uh, supporting John Stewart now. I yeah, I'll tell you, I, I give him credit. Yeah, he 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 did pretty good, and and most conservatives did too. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh would say the same thing. You know, I don't really agree with this guy anytime, but he was 100 percent correct on it. So you know, see, so sometimes they do good. Yeah, that you that my same brother-in-law, he was also. And you can read, he was also the resource officer down at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Hmm. What and was he? He, he was good friends with the coach. 
which was the only time because there's a write-up on him. Oh, that, the, was that the one where the, the shooting was. Yeah. 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 If you, there's an article in the Daily Beast about Coach, and he talks about my brother-in-law, Richard Wentz, basically, right. and how you know they were like best friends, and he wound up being the only hero in the end. And, of course, because he does a nine, he did a 9-11 video from the high school. Okay, yeah. Right, and he, and he spoke about the building falling and all that, and what he did and everything, so... It was pretty interesting. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird how, you know. I think, like, you're having someone who was actually there is is a good kind of antidote, in a way, to the conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. A lot of people, they, you know, some people doubt that it even happened at all. And, you know, obviously, there was tens of thousands of witnesses and, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of witnesses in, in New York, <laughs> which is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's if someone that you personally knew was involved in it. Like, like I, my father-in-law was running in the Boston marathon, uh, when the bomb, uh, the bombs went off and he was yeah. just five minutes away from the finish line at that mm. time. So he could quite easily have been caught up in it. So I think just knowing the reality of it really kind of immunizes you against uh, some of the conspiracy. Is there any conspiracy about with the Boston bombing? I don't remember any year. Oh yeah, like people people thought uh, that it was it was staged, oh. uh, and that uh, that it was fake blood, and people they used people who were amputees and they had prosthetic oh, oh, legs oh, and yeah, stuff. Okay, like the yeah, like the Sandy Hook and yeah. all that. So it's um, all pretty ridiculous, but you know, obviously, <laughs> some people believe it. So. Well, yeah, that's pretty sad for the victims or the victims' families, anyways. Yeah, let's talk about. Like uh, the Clive and Bundy and the Bundy gang and Lavoy Finicum in Oregon. Uh, yeah. This is something that you, I think, you know, you guys followed. Yeah, yeah, you followed that, and because you mentioned it on on Meta, because we we talked a bit about the Lavoy Finicum. Let's just re- remind people real quick: there was a, a standoff where a bunch of kind of protesters, I guess, head by the, headed by the Bundy people. Uh, I would say, yeah. Occupied a federal building, which was just it was just a, a park ranger's office, I think, uh, a wildlife refuge center or something. Yeah, like yeah. And uh, there was a big standoff, and uh, it kind of culminated in this one guy getting shot uh, after he'd, he'd driven away, and they'd followed him, and he he got out in the snow, and it wasn't clear whether he was like raising his hands or reaching for a gun. Uh, yeah, and and he got shot by by the police and that was a big deal and it harkens back to things like the ruby ridge incident and the uh what's the other one the waco yeah so and it's become part of this kind of not exactly mythology but you know these 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 things that are used to stir up feelings against the government incident happened and that that's the reason for that is they didn't they used waco and and ruby ridge as we can't have this happen so if all these armed guys go yeah. there they just can't come down on them and, and and do that because you know i mean it's bad press uh, <laughs> yeah i mean as much as a uh, david koresh you know he was a little out there but that was a big mistake in our country they you know that shouldn't have happened yeah regardless. Yeah, and they've changed the policy a lot since then. So it's very much now like wait, wait them out. Rather yeah, than... which is all, which is what they, which is what they did. Well, they pretty much did that in uh, 
in Nevada. Was Nevada the original Bundy thing? That was that uh, was the original Bundy. Yeah, Cliven was the patriarch of the family there, and they were they had some kind of dispute with the government over grazing rights. Yeah, uh, and, yes. and they were the government had, had moved in. The BLM had moved in to uh, basically take his movies cattle or confiscate something, and there was kind of an armed standoff at the time. Yeah, yeah, because I guess he felt he was there. His family was there for hundreds of years or a hundred and something years or whatever it was, and, and they never had to deal with the grazing rights. Yeah. He actually had the, what was it, the Center for Biological Diversity. They seemed to be the instigators in a lot of these, you know, because they're like an environmental group, mm-hmm. and they seemed to be the instigators in all, and any, the one up in Oregon and the one down there, too. So I guess they feel that a, a desert tortoise is more important than a cow, but. I think Ran- I think Bundy was like the last rancher in that area. They pretty much pushed everybody else out. Yeah. So, like with the uh, this type of thing, with uh, people protesting against the government, do you think that they? Hmm, do you think it's like a serious thing in that there's a, a real risk that the government is going to do something uh, that these people need to be aware of, like? You think that actually there's going to be a a major event, or do you think it's just going to have this creeping encroachment upon people's rights? Uh, I think we want to stop. I, I I think we want to stop a major event from happening, and these little incidents, knowing that you know, knowing that people are gonna like, I wouldn't say go to the rescue or or, or something, but to just show up to back people up might stop it. We just don't want another wake up. Yeah. You know? I saw on your, your Twitter feed, I think, and I saw you had a Lavoie Finicum 3% uh, yeah. sticker you posted. I think it was a response that you did to somebody else who was saying, like, you know, we have to do something for the about the NRA, and you responded, like, it's not going to happen, and you you posted this Lavoie Finicum 3% thing. Can you explain what the yeah. 3%, 3% thing means? The, the 3% is a militia. Is what that is. That was the militia that was at the uh, uh, up on the Oregon standoff, basically. And it's it's just something I just throw out once in a while. I don't belong to any militias. Like I says, I don't join groups. Yeah, you know, I'm not. A, I'm kind of an individual. But do do I support the militia? Yes, I do. You know. Do you have bumper stickers? Oh, uh, just on my pickup truck. Right. I have an old pickup truck that I used to. You know, when I got to go to Home Depot and stuff like that, it's got stickers all over it, and, you know. Do you still have some old uh, chemtrail stickers on there? No, I don't have any. <laughs> um, no, not, never had any of those anyway, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I ask about uh, bumper stickers because there's, there's a friend of mine uh, here in California, and he's very concerned about uh, militias, I guess, and about people... You know, kind of a trend in society to be very polarized. And he says that he sees things like these 3% uh, stickers and uh, similar types of things like pro-militia stuff, like Second Amendment yeah. things. And he feels like there's this kind of, uh, I don't know, this, this kind of increasingly widening gulf between what he sees as the more easygoing America and a more hardcore, uh, violent side yeah. of things. Well, the, if you remember in Oregon, there was a lot of three percent militia there. Even after 
Lavoie got killed and, and, and the Bundys got arrested, they still had the people there. And what, what happened with them? I mean, they arrested a few of them, and there was there was no shoot, there was no shooting even after Lavoy got killed. Yeah. So it's it's I don't think it's it. I don't think we've gotten to that point where it's where it's that bad where I'd worry about it. Basically, it could, but you'd have to have something pretty bad. I you know a lot of people would have to get you know shot or, or killed before I think that any militia would do anything. And I think most of the guys that join a militia. Uh, you know, like I said, I've never been been in a militia. I don't think I would. But do you have militias there in Florida? I wish you must. Uh... Oh, I bet there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's quite a few. But we, it's just like we fear the the left probably more than people on the left fear the militia. Because... Interesting. So, what what do you fear from about the left? What do you think the left is going to do? That uh... well, like, just just that with our PC culture, basically, you know, and and. And how this country is being changed, how you can't, you can't say things these days or, you yeah. know, guys can't refuse to bake cakes for certain people of sexual preference for some reason without getting sued. Especially when they're just being targeted by these people, too. You know, it's just it's off of the laws. I think there was a, a case yesterday in Ohio where it, it was a store that's been around for like, I think they said four generations and he had a, a group of young African-American kids that went in there. And I guess they went to buy liquor. Well, the owner refused them because they had fake ID. Mm -hmm. One of them had walked out with the liquor bottle. Now, they they belonged to this university, I guess, these kids. So they said they got arrested and everything. But then they wound up the university started backing these kids. And they kept having these protests out in front of this, this person's store in Ohio that's been there for all these generations. Well, yesterday... The, the store won a lawsuit against this college because it was the college administrators and then basically everybody in the college, they kept, you know, destroying the reputation of this bakery or I think it was, it couldn't have been a bakery. I forgot what it was, but it was a, because they don't sell liquor at yeah, a bakery. Like a convenience store maybe or something like that. But I forgot what kind of store it was, but they, they just destroyed their business basically mm -hmm. because of lies, because everything, you know, it's like you got a shooting in, uh, what was it? There was a shooting in Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. You heard about that one? No. Uh, uh, well, well, I this, might have done, but. You know, okay. And now there's riots over that. You know? Yeah. Supposedly he tried to run the U.S. Marshals over with his car. Okay. And pulled a gun on him, so naturally he died. But they leave out, you know, what they're not saying is he stole some guy's car. Matter of fact, that was supposedly the car he was in when the cop shot him basically, and he shot the guy five times and he stole his car, so you know, and then the media if you listen to the media, they just twist and everything, so yeah. this it, to me, the media is our biggest the way they report stories, it, it's just it's just messed up, really, in this country. I gotta say, like, you know, I was looking at your uh, your Twitter feed again and there were, like, a bunch of stories like the ones you just told me there and I know yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people would say that, yeah, th like just looking through your Twitter feed, that it seems like it's racist and that you well, seem to be like putting a lot of, you know, like here's some black people doing these crimes and there's, there's lots of that. Like, yeah. how would you respond to like, you know, someone saying that, you know, you're a racist? Mm, I, would, I wouldn't respond because that's the losing part of the argument when they, right. you know, basically these are, sto these are basically... Uh, 
with all this criminal justice reform and it's it, it, it just it's it's odd how they they make it seem like this certain group of people is being picked on by the police and we're holding them back when if you look at statistics statistics say otherwise over 50 percent of all violent crime is committed by young black males between the age of like 14 i think it is and in their mm-hmm. 20s which makes up eight percent of the population now that's probably why this there's so many problems in the community now i don't want it i don't want it to be that way it was like it was like with that kid that was shot. Brandon Weber was his name on Twitter. Now I was on that and I was arguing with people. And it's like, they're all defending this kid who's a criminal. And this is why the next kid, they're going to emulate this kid and put him on a pedestal like he's a hero and he's not a hero. And then the next kid's going to wind up the same way. And I don't want that no matter what color anybody is. But that's the problem is every time there's a criminal that's shot and they go out of their way to put him up on this pedestal that he was this angel and everything and all these other kids look up to him, what's going to happen? You're just going to get more kids like that. Color really doesn't matter because I I, I seem to have no problem with, you know, I don't have any problem with anybody of any color, basically. I I just have a problem with criminals. That's all. And you you think that uh, the social justice people are... Like kind of getting it wrong. They're getting it wrong. They're basically, I I I would say in a sense they enable them basically, and it it just makes things. They're defending them, you know. It's just like if you had if you had a, a kid of your own and he kept doing wrong and you kept saying no, it's not his fault and everything else. He's not going to get any better, you know. Do you think, as a society, they they're not. Do you think there's you, something behind uh, this? Uh, this this kind of like you know these. Uh, you know the Black Lives Matter uh, versus Blue Lives oh, Matter yeah. in terms of yeah, like some kind of ultimate agenda from from your perspective. Well, I, what was it? I think Soros and he, you know, he's naturally our nemesis. You know, Soros funded a lot. Yeah, chaos, chaos in the street. You know, so I mean, that kind of sounds a bit like a conspiracy theory. It, it, when you, it, it, when well, you put have, it like that, <laughs> well, at least. Yeah. And have you read Rules for Radicals, Saul Alinsky? Uh, I, I think I've read bits of it because you, you, yeah. you, you mentioned it before yeah. uh, uh, yeah. years ago. And I think uh, I, I think the last presidential candidate that lost, I forgot what her name was, I think she did her college thesis on that. Well, basically, what, what do we, we do when we have riots in the street? We got an open border. Look at California now. You you live in California. What's the population of California? It's doubled since I lived there. Yeah, it's pretty big. Uh, I don't know where it is, like like 50 million or something like that? Yeah, I think Just it was 40, 40 plus million, I think it was. But when I, when yeah, I was there in the 80s, it was 20 million. Yeah. And I, was, I thought it was crowded then. And they're so worried about the water. Oh, we don't have enough water. Well, you just doubled your population and you got wide open borders. How are yeah. you going to share the water with everybody? It, it just doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to, why would you want to import people? Why would you want to import people from the most dangerous parts of the world, which is Central America? You look at the crime rate in El Salvador, Guatemala. I mean, those are the most dangerous places on the planet. And but, yet, I know, Have you looked at the statistics there? Because I think, like, when you look at the crime rates amongst Immigrants, regardless of whether they're legal or illegal, they tend to commit less crimes 
than uh, people who are not. You know, mm -hmm. people in the same demographic, but uh, actual American citizens are more yeah, likely. That's, yeah, that's that's pretty much what they. But why should we import any of them? Yeah, but if Look, it, it will actually from, reduce the crime rate on average if we uh, if well, we import I'm, these people who are what, trying to they're trying to stay on the good side of the law. So it's. Uh, uh, anyway, this is a it's probably a, a more involved discussion than we need to have. So, yeah. But like, it's interesting that you're talking about George Soros, like uh, because that is kind of you know, I guess it is kind it's of a conspiracy. Not, yes. It's like, what are they trying to do? Basically, what do you think Soros is actually trying to do here to America? Is he and, it's, and why? It's it's quite obvious. What, what what is that open society, and what's that all about? That's one world government. All right. So this society, no borders. That's what he wants. The huh. problem is you take a country like ours and you just open the borders and what are we going to become? Just another third world country. So do you think, how does, how does the Black Lives Matter tie into that? It's, it's just part of it. It's just chaos, basically. But they've kind of died off. Now, you don't, you don't see them as much now that you don't have Barack Obama supporting them and everything. If you remember when he was in office, basically, every time, every time somebody got shot, they were there stopping people, you know, stopping, closing up freeways and stuff. Anybody else did that, we'd be arrested. So, you know, you think, what do you think, do you think it's died off then, the, the BLM stuff, uh, Black Lives Matter? Quite a bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, you, you say, think that's because, I don't know, George Soros has yeah. ordered it or just because it's harder uh, I, to do? I, I, I would say it was the change in the White House, basically. But why would that actually have an effect on the what I don't know. Yeah, Soros is, is doing? I don't know because you don't, you don't, you don't hear about. I haven't, you know, other than this, the shooting in Tennessee the other the other day. You don't really hear about them as much. It doesn't seem like they. You don't see it on the media as much. Matter of fact, I haven't even seen that on, let's say, CNN or anything else. Like you did, Mike Brown. You know, remember Mike Brown? And yeah, yeah, and all that and. It, for some reason, it, it, it just doesn't, it, it never makes the media for some reason. Well, you remember when Mike Brown was shot. He uh, was a guy in St. Louis, and they, that caused the biggest riots. That's when D-Ray, whatever his name, showed up on the scene. And, and, and that's where his money was coming from. He was getting funded, you know, he was getting funded by source. And then it was less than a week later, there was a kid named Dylan Taylor, who was shot, I believe, in Utah. And, I mean, he clearly did do nothing, but he was trying, he was reaching for, he had headphones on, and he was reaching to turn down the volume on whatever he had, and he got shot and died right there on the spot. And that never made the media at all, other than in Utah. And the cop got away with that. Was he a, bl kid, a black kid? No, he wasn't, and that's why. And uh. It's like not even a week after Mike Brown. If you look up Dylan Taylor, there's a video on YouTube, basically. You can see him. You know, he was shot. And supposedly he was a troubled kid. I think he was a white Hispanic, pretty much. You know, he was a light. He looked like a white kid. But, you know, I think they said he was a mix of whatever, mix of Hispanic and white as anymore. I don't even really know. And there was no attention given. So it, it, it's the media manipulation. At, at the time, I think the media focused more on all those stories. And, of course, when the media gets there, like they did with Mike Brown, they were there all the time, remember CNN and everything. It, it just made matters worse, basically. And we had chaos. And, and it seemed like when Trump got elected, there wasn't much of that. When's the last time you've heard of a uh, BLM protest? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, maybe it's just because there aren't, haven't been I think they, major incidents like that. that well, that, yeah, but they made that. Mike Brown wasn't a major incident. They just made it a major right. incident. It was no more of a major incident than, than the one that happened in Tennessee. I, I, I believe, like they say, the, I think the media just manipulates everything. And you, know? you think That's that... conspiracy that I believe in right now. Right, so you would, you would think like the the left wing media, like you know CNN, I guess, and uh, MSNBC and MSN and CBS, you think that they are part of the agenda, like the Soros agenda? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So in a way, they're part of the conspiracy. I don't want to be like you know putting a conspiracy theory out there, but part of deep state. That's uh... yeah. So you think that CNN is part of a plot to create one, a one world government? Uh, maybe, maybe just elect Democrats until I do everything. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, you, you kind of like earlier. Independent media, they are a one-party media, like like some people think Fox, Fox is. But Fox is, other than what Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and maybe Sean Hannity, you got but on Fox is nothing but a bunch of never Trumpers or a bunch of left wings on, on Fox because even Fox has changed. So there really is, I actually, you got to watch like independent media. You almost have to go to Alec Jones to get the truth. And isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you can find them anymore. So, What do you think of Russia's involvement uh, in the affairs of America in terms of yeah, Russia trying to stir things up? It's a, that's, that's a conspiracy theory. That's the biggest conspiracy theory. Do you you that, don't think that's happened at do all? I think they, no, I, I think they always manipulate. I think they always have, just like we do in everybody else's elections, just like we did in Ukraine, just like we did in Israel. Not the last election with Netanyahu, but the one previous to that. And that was Soros' money, too, that was dumped into that. I think they were, had a bunch of NGOs over there trying to defeat him because they wanted Netanyahu out. So why is it our country's allowed to interfere in these elections, just like we interfere in every country? Well, well but, why, why are we allowed to do that? And then you get Russia; they put a couple Facebook ads on, and you know. Do you think and, that Russia should be allowed to interfere in the the elections? Do I think they? No, I don't think I don't think they should be allowed to interfere. But if they can put some, if there's anything that they put up that's factual, it's just like Trump said the other day. If somebody comes up with some dirt right. on one of Putin's, I, I I would take it. So what if and, uh, Russia started spending like hundreds of millions of dollars? on uh, commercials on TV, like supporting one candidate. Supporting one candidate? No, nah, I don't think I'd go for that because I still I trust Russia a little bit less than I do my yeah. own government. I mean, that's, that's definitely illegal. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying like as far as our RT, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll see a video from RT and they do some pretty, pretty good work. I mean, they're going to say something like, is that propaganda? They actually seem to favor the Democrats more on RT than they do Trump anyway. Really? Yeah. Huh. I guess you must watch more RT than me. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say they, you know, support Trump as such, but they they definitely yeah. they, they support Russia, and so whatever they're doing yeah. is is uh, trying to further the interests of Russia. But what's the difference between RT and Russia and let's say CNN in the United States in a sense? Well, RT is funded by the by the Russian government. It's actually a state. Uh, media, whereas CNN is, is an ind- independent company. You know, the, I guess the closest you have here to state-sponsored would be, I don't know, maybe NPR because they get NPR. some grants. But uh, 
they're not really. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean that uh, NPR is singing the praises of Trump because they get money from the government. But RT yeah. definitely they is. They get money from Facebook and they get, they get money from a lot of companies, NPR. I think they get, well, it's Facebook. I know they get money from Facebook because every time they mention it, they have to put that little disclaimer in there. It's sponsored it, by, yeah. Well, Facebook have got a lot of money, so I guess they just got to try yeah. to throw it somewhere. Yeah, and that's a... And I don't trust Facebook anymore either, really. Yeah, what do you think about things like the the censorship of uh, of various people, like people are being deplatformed, like Alex Jones, obviously, but there's there's other people who are less extreme than him. Yeah, no, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of people just disappear from Twitter altogether. You know, I I follow this one person who's on Twitter now, and she she had two hundred fifty thousand followers. All of a sudden. She lost it like that, and I couldn't figure it out because she never posts anything like that. I thought maybe because of her numbers got so big, but she may never get a reason. That Naturally, she started another t- mm. Twitter anyway and started all over, but it was just, you know, how do you get that many followers? And then for no reason at all, you just deplatform completely. Was she you kind know? of a, a, like a far-right type of person? She's on, so I would say she's on the right, but I wouldn't say she's, she's far-right. I wouldn't mm. even say as far on the right as I am, basically, you know. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter's a, Twitter's a weird platform. You think, uh, like the Silicon Valley, like the social media companies, are part of this kind of trend uh, well, that you talked about, like the Soros world government type thing. I think it's just that I think that they're all just left wing, and that's where, mm. it, uh, and that's where, and I believe coming up to the twenty twenty. 2020 elections they're going to want they're going to purge a lot more people uh right so from the from facebook and twitter and yeah from the right and you know i mean it's just like on youtube now if you if you even see a video on chemtrails it says chemtrails or anything else is there's a little wikipedia disclaimer underneath it now i mean you know that's just well it's actually quite a good article the one they link to i think it's actually the encyclopedia britannica article uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, uh, we've been talking about an hour now, so...